Ruth Heyman is a young person who's had experience of being looked after by the local authority. Ruth left care some years ago and is living independently. She begins by talking about the bursary scheme she became involved in after she left care. Hampshire is the first area to set them up in the country. It's £3,500 for a year. The young people do 800 hours work within that year, um, which could involve talking out in conferences, presentations, workshops, setting up user groups within each local area within the county so that young people can use the groups to reflect back and feed back any problems within the care system which we might be able to change. I came to get the bursary by going to what's called a care action team, which we call it CAP for short. And the care action team came about after it was called education action team, where the young people would go about trying to change education for looked-after children to improve it. I started going in November after getting difficulties with benefits and my college, I nearly had to leave college. I was invited to the care action team and was then asked if I wanted to apply for a bursary, which I did, which now helps towards living costs. Since I've been attending the care action team each month in November, we've been to Children First Conference in Wales, um, doing two workshops about education um, and what Hampshire County Council are doing to improve education for looked after children, whether we have support teachers or just encouraging young people, being proud of them, helping them with what they want to do and focusing specifically on their needs and not the needs of what they can give to them. We have a meeting each month and we write reports after the conference um, which we keep as young people and which go into a file at the Hampshire County Council. I chaired a conference on the 9th of February this year in Winchester on social inclusion which was a conference for all young people in education, how we can include them instead of excluding them. If they have problems, what can we do? How can we get them to make friends? How can we get them to learn social skills? And one of the most important points raised was having a budging system where young people and children in primary schools through to secondary school get trained up to then work alongside other young people and children and be a friend and talk to them, have a chat with them, share crisps with them, play games with them, whatever they may need, so that they have someone who's in the school who's a peer to them and is also a kind of mentor for them who's their same age. I asked Ruth to explain what the mentoring system involved. The mentoring system is for care leavers. Young people are being approached who are 15, 16, 17, whenever they're nearly ready to leave care. They're asked if they want a mentor. An appropriate mentor will be set up for them. They'll have contact whenever they want, and the mentor can take them out, help them with different things, give advice to them, be a friend, be a parental role, go out and do lots of fun things, go have a coffee or swimming or something, and even down to practical things like helping with shopping and budgeting or filling out benefit forms or applying for colleges and universities and helping with interview skills as well. Ruth then spoke about some of the important issues for young people in care. A lot of the issues are moving around a lot which hopefully is going to reduce down to no more than three while they're in the care system because of quality protects. 
However, there's still a lot going on at the moment. Bullying occurs a lot within children's homes or at school or in the area that you may live in. If you're known as a kid in care, you get classified as someone who shouldn't be around, shouldn't be mixed with, and um, stereotyped negatively, especially within schools. A lot of teachers don't know how to handle young people who are being bullied or have aggressive behaviour and will exclude them from their classes and could end up excluding them from the school as well. What kind of help is there for children and young people who are victims of bullying? There isn't much support around. People don't know how to identify the bullying. They don't know how to identify the cause of it. They try and look at what's going on at the surface level. So teachers within schools find it very difficult to sort the bullying out. They don't know how to deal with the young person. Um, the young person could get very shy, get very withdrawn, or turn the outward way and just go wild. And then foster carers and children's homes may not know how to deal with it. In children's homes, the bully may be within the children's home and they don't know how to deal with it. They often just victimise the young person who's being bullied even more by withdrawing them from the situation instead of withdrawing the bully. I asked Ruth how children and young people are supported generally when they're in care. It depends. My last foster placement I was in... I had a lot of support. I was there for seven months, which was my longest placement in two years. And I would get a lot of support from my foster carers. Um, if I wanted to talk with my foster mum, who I got on closer with, she would shut the door, my bedroom door, kitchen door, and we would chat for an hour or so, talk about different things. And I mean, sometimes I would end up shouting and screaming at her, but ten minutes later would have a hug and make up and that was the end of it if we'd have arguments we wouldn't carry on and it was a really good environment within the house and um, we all supported each other we always gave each other hugs or said hello or sh just share things and it was a learning curve it wasn't grab everything you wanted but it was learning to give as well in the children's home we had to just fend for yourself you had to do what you wanted to do but without upsetting the other young people so you'd have to integrate with them so that you weren't bullied or victimised and then the staff wouldn't really support you either you just left to your own devices everything was done for you you weren't allowed to cook because it was deemed a health and safety hazard and you were clean sometimes they'd ask you to hoover but if you wanted to go out anywhere they'd have to take you and it'd be in a minibus with a logo on it and everyone would know you were from that children's home and so the support varies from placement to placement. How easy is it to form friendships in the children's home? It's not very easy. If you are one of these people who like to be yourself, who like to be an individual, then it's very difficult to get on with other people in the children's home. If you're someone who doesn't mind mixing with people or for survival, you've learnt to mix with them and do what they do and do what they ask you to do, you can get on quite fine. Some people make very good relationships within the children's home, some people don't. Ruth talked about what it was like to have to keep moving to different placements during her time in care and how this affected her. It's really hard. I still think of my first placement when I was 14, which was in a little village called Swanmore, which is near Southampton. And um, I still think of the relationships I made with the foster carer, with my foster brother, 
the young little girl who's living there, my foster carers' um, friends as well. I think about the dog, I think about the area, how I really miss it because it's out in the country. It's very hard. After then, I withdrew from trying to form relationships with people. I became very difficult because no one can get through to me because I've just put a brick wall in front of me and that was it. I was in my space and everyone else was in theirs around it. What kind of help do children and young people receive to support them through school? There is some support. If you're loud enough and scream loud enough, you can probably get it. There's education support teachers who will come into the school um, and sit with you in your lessons if you want them to. But for people who are quite quiet and just try and get on with their work, there is nothing there and often problems can be pushed under the carpet because people don't notice them so much. If you've got learning difficulties, it's harder still because in a children's home, the staff may not spend time with you and you can then get classed as being thick or stupid and so you end up giving up hope and not bothering to do the work within school and can leave care with not learning to read or write, which a lot of the members of the Care Action Team can't actually do. They can't read, they can't write, but they can talk, which really helps them now, but before it didn't. They would just become disruptive and just shout about, not bother go to school, truant all the time, because no-one was helping them. What about after young people leave care? Are they encouraged to continue with their studies? There isn't much support at all. Financially, it's an uphill struggle. If you start further education at the age of 17 or 18, your benefits will stop by the time you're 19, and you have to struggle on. I'm fortunate because I've shouted loud enough and managed to get some help from the county council who pay my rent now. But for other young people who don't shout loud enough and who give up more easily, they wouldn't bother carrying on with further education and just leave. But within colleges, you can get a lot of support as well. The college I go to, my personal tutor knows my circumstances, is really supportive. Um, I get support from the teachers as well. If I don't get my work in on time or I'm struggling, they'll sit with me for 10, 20 minutes go through what I have to do and explain it to me and don't put too much pressure on me because I know that I will do the work but I may need a bit more time or a bit more understanding to help me do it. I asked Ruth about the reviews she attended when she was in care. My reviews weren't a very nice experience because at the time I didn't have confidence to talk to anyone so I would curl up as tightly as I could in a ball keeping my head just above the table and if anyone asked me any questions, I would just go quiet and nod or shake my head. So I didn't communicate in reviews, and no-one talked to me prior to them, and I didn't like answering the silly questions you get in review booklets as well, because they're always the same, and I didn't like talking out. I was too afraid to talk out and say exactly what I felt, because I didn't want anyone to shout at me or have a go at me. And... A lot of people who I've talked to say reviews are boring, the questions are all the same and sometimes the questions are childish or if you're younger they're too difficult to understand and um, everyone keeps saying they need to be changed relevant to the young person's age. If they're children then someone needs to be filling the form out for them and 
doing one that's user-friendly with lots of pictures and lots of things to do, maybe colouring in as well. What could be done to make the experience a better one? I think they should be focusing a lot on what you do in your spare time so they can get an overall picture on what your placement's actually like instead of you and your foster carer and you and your foster brother and you and the foster dog. It should be more what you do in your spare time so they know how you're spending your time and any difficulties that could be arising within your placement, as well as asking questions about difficulties within the placement. How did Ruth feel that her review should have been handled? I think the better way to do it is actually not having the young person there if they really insist on not being there, but either doing it via audio cassette from another room or recording um, what the young person wants to say with an interview with an advocate who will talk with them through it, not their social worker, because they may be afraid of their social worker and they may be afraid to truthfully answer questions. So it should be done by someone who's independent of social services who will come in, get to know the young person and say, oh, what do you think of this, what do you think of that? And then people can take the tape back and just listen to it. I asked Ruth about some of the issues faced by young people leaving care. Was it difficult to make the transition to independent living? There's a lot of things that people don't realise. There's the emotional side of leaving care. For example, loneliness. If um, you've left care, you've left supportive lodgings and you move into a flat or a hostel, it can be very lonely. You can be stuck in your room day and night, not going out often, and there could be no-one about. And if you're ill as well, it's even worse. Sometimes you can wonder if anyone's going to notice if you just kind of ended up dying in your sleep. It's, it's scary. Finally, what advice would Ruth give to social workers working with young people? If I was in a room with ten social workers now, I'd be telling them that they should listen to what the young people have to say, what their clients have to say, instead of nodding their heads and pretending to listen, but actually take on board what they're saying and build up a relationship with them instead of just turning up once for an hour every six weeks but going fortnightly, weekly if necessary, and building up a really strong relationship with a, a bit of emotional side to it as well, so that's, there's some respect there from both parties. And the young people can then see the social worker as a friend and not an enemy, which quite often they can be seen as. Um, I think it's also really important... Um, for social workers to act on anything the young person might be saying or if there's any problems with their schools to go and find out what's going on or if there's any bullying going on, finding out what's going on and really working with the young person and involving them with decisions that have to be made prior to decisions being made, discussing with them what they want, their views and how things can be made easier for them. I don't think young people are involved much at all. It's very new for social workers to be listening to young people about decisions they want. And it depends upon the young person if they're strong-willed enough to say, oh, this is what I want, and to keep saying it until they get it. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.